G'day and welcome to the Mailbag Season 1 Episode 10 for those of you playing along at home. Pete Anthony is filling in for the new-to-be father of one, well at least we hope one, Jack Dickens is on sabbatical on family leave, whatever you want to call it this week. So we've given him the day off, he's still in the background for the movers punters, we had a good collect today at Mildura and my goodness gracious me, he'll be all guns blazing going into fatherhood. So good luck to him. We're going to catch up with Drew Patchell to discuss Caulfield, we're going to discuss Mother's Day betting at Jam and Scone with Rob Scurry and the week ahead for him. And we might talk about Ascot if I can remember what the hell happened on Saturday. It's the podcast powered by Punting Form. We bet with Betfair and we are currently hydrated by Goat. This seasonal transition period. Four guys who enjoy looking at horses and punting on horses band together to give you mail on horses. Live from wherever their families allow them to record, Drew Patchell. Sorry, I tried to spit rust your mom. Pete Anthonis. Words are bullshit. They're just useless sounds that we make with our stupid mouths. Rob Scurry. Oh, I know that guy. He's a nihilist. And Jack Dickens. Wait a minute. He kind of looks like a baby. This is the mailbag. Don't be scared, little girl. It's only me. And who is me? I'm the king of the king of the king of the My man, how is life? Life is grand, Pete Antonis. Not as not as grand as being a Sky Central and Sky One presenter at times, but it's pretty grand. Now let's not get too carried away. There's a oh. finite lifespan on everything these days, including me. I, I could be the next year at Waitley in a few weeks. There's people howling me down from across the country, saying I'm a mouthpiece for the AFL. Actually, that'd be pretty good. I'd love to get Jared's gig. Well, it's better than being Mark Robinson, I suppose, because you stay out of the controversy. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Caulfield, what was your thoughts? How did the track play? All that sort of good stuff. Sorry, just on that, you're probably more suited to Mark Robinson's uh, role with um, your, your off-field antics. Oh, exactly right. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've turned up officially drunk on air like Robbo, but uh, we'll, yeah, we'll roll with it. We both enjoy a punt, so it's a good start. Um, so you want to know how the track played? Well, I would say that it was rails off. Um, if you look at who won during the day, race one sat off the leaders, race two sat ninth in run, race three was a sit sprint sat on speed, race four sit sprint sat on speed, race five they've come home from the back, come home from the back in race six, race seven on speed, race eight off speed and race nine off speed. So I would say all things considered, you were able to win from any position in running as long as you got given the correct ride and the tempo suited you. 
that. Right, makes sense to me. Uh, so we got, we'll do a quick run through of all of the races then, just see how things go. A few of the races we can probably just glance over more than anything. Race one was over 24.06 to be precise, with Craig Williams and Al Faris getting the Guernsey in the first. Uh, good start for those who followed me on the YouTube show here into El Ferris. It just clang on. I did not think it won, so that was good. Uh, rock on the New Zealand ports run well. I think El Ferris is looking okay going towards the Andrew Ramsden over 2,800, but there was probably – Dicko's put it up as a – is this a horse to follow from the card? Um, Kalani Kid, it was sitting 10 lengths off the lead at the 1,200-metre mark. It's run the best 12,864 uh, of the um, race, and it's only been beaten two and a half. It was giving the winner eight lengths at the 1,200-metre mark. You just can't do that. Like, they, they haven't gone overly quick. They've gone, you know, slightly better than class benchmark to the 600. And the horse isn't a sprinter. It's 2,400-metre race. It's been a massive run. Um even with 53 kilos, all the others had 54. So it's a horse really going forward. It's it's not just a jumper and Paddy Payne's got it flying. Just if they put some decent tactics uh, into the ride, it may go a lot better. All right. Very good. Race two was won by William Thomas recording the second fastest 800 and the fifth fastest 600 on the card. Uh, much to take out of this event a uh, perfectly suited race, I would say, to an extent. So they've gone very fast out front, seven and a half lengths faster than class benchmark to the 600 on the punting form data. Um, William Thomas has sat seven lengths off them at the 800 and six lengths off at the 600 and just been able to get there. Um, there was a bit of a drift on it. It was a little bit stinky in the, in the markets, uh, $283 out to about nearly $4 at the jump on Betfair, I believe. Um, just got the job done. They did come for Acadian, who was very well backed. Um, outside of that, look, when you previewed this race, you simply said, there's going to be speed on here. It's going to suit William Thomas at the $3 price. You've got to be betting. And that's what happened. Um, it did not parade as well as was expected. I think Dicko said that there is more to come from the horse. So he has not unloaded here from the yard based on what he's seen in the yard. Yeah, which is always a good point. But obviously the horse is too good anyway. But it was going to the race with the second best last start figure on the punting form data going into that race. Uh, race three on the card was over 1,600 metres and the heavily heavily backed Zatori, uh, at least early in markets anyway. Zatori was too good late for Willow once again. Yeah, I went into this race really wanting to oppose a horse. Um, Dicko's had it in his numbers from the yard. Shandy was not in his numbers. Thunderdome, I believe, was in his numbers. Had a um, change of tactics. It was given a terrible ride at Warnable. It looked sensational in the yard that day and probably should have won based on what it's done here. Um, if ridden correctly, because it found through the line again. Um, look, it's been ridden extremely well with 52 kilos, but Zutori, you would have taken $2.50 every single day of the week for it if you knew it was going to sit one out, one back in the run. You, No one could speed map that. It's just jumped too well, and Craig's just... It was what I would call an in-play moral. It was never losing. 
yeah, that's uh, that's always ideal. And obviously, Willow's the right man for the job there in those situations. And race four was over. 1600 meters and Guizo, old mate himself, got the job done. Um, it, he was a favourite though. It was a pretty iffy looking race to bet into for me, so I stayed out. But obviously, Movers uh, had a little bit of that early bet with Kimono and it did firm late actually, but uh, it was gone well and truly before uh, before the, the turn, that's for sure. Yeah, Kimono's led him around, which um, I've been crying out for them to do all prep, but unfortunately they've found a soft track, and this is a Japanese import who was never tested on a wet track and did not handle it one bit. Um, they've gone four lengths slower than class benchmark to the 600, so Kimono had every right if it was um, ready to go and handling the surface to win from there, so it's been a poor performance. Um, he excels outside leader, um, I thought it was a pretty good bet in the race. It's just found one too good in Guizo because it was set up for a sit sprint and Guizo got exactly the same thing last start at Warnable on a soft track and did the same thing. Um, my follow from the race is actually misadmiration. I thought the horses returned really well um, considering it's not a 1,600-metre horse and I liked what it did through the line. I think it, it's got a decent prep install. Yeah, certainly got a good personal best going forward over a longer distance there, Miss Admiration. Race five is over 1,100 metres and all about Nicky at uh, reasonably big odds uh, got up and just lobbed there. Yeah, there's a bit of money for Warragul in the markets. I'm pretty sure it's bled. Um, they've gone two and a half um, faster than the class benchmark to the 600. So it's been a genuine test and, yeah, all about Nicky, the... The South Australian horse, it hadn't done anything in its past two starts, but it's best on best forms that it could win. Uh, my biddy, probably better than the 0.9 length defeat. Willow stopped riding at the final 50 metres, in my opinion, after the horses had gone past him. And I, just, I think it could have been, you know, he should have been um, vying out for third on the line, to be quite honest. Um, a bit surprised there was nothing in the stewards about that. Um, no, I didn't back in each way, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, Egyptian Bullet, I believe, paraded extremely well. Um, they had a gear change on board, and it's ran very well. Pretty unlucky. They won't get the money for it next time. They won't get double figures for it next time, that's for sure. No, they will not. Uh, race 6 was a listed race over 1,200 metres, and Missile Mantra just looked like it just hemorrhaged late in betting and uh, was, yeah, too strong in the end for Grand Scholar and Express Pass. Yeah, there's some strange uh, rides in this race. I thought um, three thrills, geez, try saying that a thousand times, um, was just really strangely ridden on speed outside of them and just it was gone before the turn. It paraded really well. Um, Grand Scholar's paraded pretty well as well. It's cut the corner. It looked the winner at the 200, traded about a dollar fifty in play, and then... The only thing that's been able to run it down is potentially a really good horse in Missile Mantra. Now, I would note they've only gone benchmark here for the win, but it did look a smart win. Yeah, it certainly. Well, at least, yeah, one of those, wasn't it, where it was visually very impressive. Overall sections, uh, what have we got? The fifth fastest 400, fourth last, fastest 200. But as you said, they've, they haven't got particularly hard going towards the, the 600 metres there. So I guess it's uh, still a little bit in question there with the overall quality of the race 
On a race seven? Yeah, indeed. Race seven. Bam's on fire, the former WA horse. Well, it went from uh, local trainer over here, Mark Forder, and it's gone to Kieran Maher and Dave Eustace, and it's just gone through the be- the worst part of the ground, arguably. Um, cut the corner, albeit, and then off a slow tempo or slowish tempo, it's got the job done. So congrats to Bam, because I think they paid about 170000 180000 for that horse, bringing it over from WA. Bit of a risk because it was missing the start by four or five lengths, but they seem to have sorted that out. I wish it had missed the start by four or five lengths on uh, Saturday because my bank balance would have been feeling a lot better. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm just looking up something for you here. Give me one moment. Um, this racing.com website, they kind of change stuff around. Here we go. So Bams on Fire has covered five metres less than Propel in the run uh, to get the win. So. Propels run the best final 200 metres of the meeting. It's travelled 12 wide. It's covered covered five metres more in run than Bams on fire, who's cut the corner. And, yes, been in, the, I would definitely say, the lesser ground. But sometimes you've you got to take that lesser ground and save that five metres. And at the end, it, it, it comes out probably gaining your metre or two, I'd say, at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. You can, it's sort of that trade-off, isn't it? You know, what's worse, five metres or, you know, how do you measure how inferior going is, so to speak? You can't really on the day. You just have to just trust that uh, the jockeys can angle themselves just on the borderline of some of those lanes sometimes. But nonetheless, um, there was always an exciting horse over here, so I'm not surprised to have seen it improve out of sight. And I was saying to you just before we jumped on air, Drew, that they backed it in all three states that it was nominated for. So obviously there was a bit of confidence about the horse anyway. That's a very good point from you. Very shrewd and very um, dynamic of you. Um, I would just mention in this race, Trilly was an eye catcher to me. It sat, you know, out the back. It stormed home. It's had some really good final sectionals. It's in for a good prep uh, from the Jason Warren yard, especially carrying uh, Craig Newitt on board. Okay, race eight, 1,200 metres, order of command, Cravens once again. Gate one, no issues at all for Willow. Um, this was a really strange betting race. On the preview, I said I wanted to be on Intelligence Cross and redefine just at odds because I didn't want to be taking the favourite. Reality of it is Leonardo da Vinci is in a 1,200-metre horse that needs fervour. So how it started, 250 bit of hindsight but you know it's one of those things where you go well it couldn't win Villamont needs further I'm Wesley's potentially cast at the moment first hand's not in this class blaze fourth you couldn't back the two I've suggested at odds so be it jungle edge did not get it wet enough so guess who's won by default by default order of command who well, not by default technically because it's run really well behind Bandipur who when you go back and say, what price would I abandon her in this race? And it would have been twos on, I reckon. That's a fair point. So Order of Command is a horse, just for the punters out there who follow Dicko, you will never find this horse in the yard. I, I guarantee it. This is just a horse that you cannot figure out from the yard. It presents terribly. Um, it's just not a horse that you can be confident on in the way that it presents. Yeah, you do get a few of them, and you almost just have to take on trust, and you just go, right, is it fit, um, and is it suited by what's looking to be the case so far on the day? You'd have to think gate one probably wasn't overly suitable, but Craig Williams on mm. board may have negated that to a certain extent. Uh, but yeah, you can only really go off certain factors sometimes, and if the horse is just a renowned 
nutcase or if it's just a brat, <laughs> well, is it fit? That's all that probably matters after a while. Unfortunately, uh, Pete, on this one, it won uh, first... It won at um, Flemington last prep, and it did not look fit in the slightest, I believe, as in it did not have the critical factors you would be looking for. Oh, goodness. So it's one of those where it's a maze, it's a puzzle from the yard, and it's, as you said, you almost sometimes with some horses have to just ignore them. My old mate, uh, Harlem, was one of them from the yard who he won an Australian Cup looking terrible. Yeah. Sometimes, so there are yeah. there are definitely some like that. There's certain stables as well where that's almost the case. The worse they look, the better they perform sometimes. That can happen, especially in Victoria. Race. Um, oh, sorry, keep going. <laughs> no, no, I was just going to say uh, Danny O'Brien's obviously trained a double here to finish the card because he's had the winner in the last We Remember the Name. It was over 1,800 metres, Remember the Name. There was a bit of support for it late. They backed a couple of horses in this race, though, didn't they? Um, let's have a look. Birth of Venus, who was meant to be further forward, still sat worse than midfield, so that didn't really come to, um, you know, come to fruition. Um, yeah, they're back to few here, but overall, low at odds, I think, was the one that seemed to really firm in late at the double figure quote. Yeah, it was eight ends into tens, I want to say. Yeah. Um, it's just been given no chance because of the slow tempo out the front. They've gone. Five lengths slow. Yeah, five lengths slow to the 600. So it was a sit sprint home. And when you are giving, let me give you the exact number. Hussey's glow was five lengths from the leader, three three lengths from remembering the name in running, and it was in traffic. Yeah, not ideal. Statistically not winning. That being said, it's still been beaten four and a half lengths, so it actually hasn't run, run well enough to, you know, be considered a, a good run. Uh, they did also come for a Raja. Yep. Um, it was um, also in a similar spot and did not complete. Uh, it, it's run okay time home, but the, the winner's just been too good. There's nothing else you can really say about it. Um, it, I think, was beaten last start just by Think Blue, who's run second. Think Blue, Think Blur. So it's turned the tables there well and truly. Remember the name recording the fastest 400 to 200 metre split and the overall fastest 400 metres on the card, thanks to puntingform.com.au. Good information to follow that stuff, isn't it? Druzy, for yourself, any horses to follow from the meeting at Caulfield? Ooh, uh, look, I I really do like Miss Admiration going up in distance. I have to respect um, that Dicko's put Kalani Kid on the two follow. I have to agree that he's the type of horse that I do want to be following. Um... William Thomas has run the best figures overall for the meeting, though. It's a horse that will keep on winning. It's still got more to come from the yard, which means that this is a horse that we can keep following forward. So I will rubber stamp William Thomas as the follow for the meeting. Outstanding. All right, very good. That was Caulfield. I won't get too much into detail with Ascot. We'll just quickly touch on a few of them. Uh, Drewsy, I'll give you a second just to bring up uh, some of the hashtag data. Got it up and going, mate. And um, it was special reward a winner for you on the um, pre-game for Perth? No, it wasn't. I basically played that race pretty much uh, conservatively. I, I thought, you know, if you could get an each-way price Velvet King, I'd be playing that, but it didn't eventuate. Special reward was the right favourite, but just looked really 
difficultly placed from gate 11 of 12 or 11 of 13. I think it might have been in the end. But, um, Good Chloe on board. Yeah, Chloe obviously rode her the treat because it sat three wide, no cover. She didn't panic at all, and the horse was still too good and just won. I think it was the best performance of the day. I think you could probably tell me that one. Um, it, it definitely was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, look, I think the Velvet King's return in great order. It's never run over 1,200 metres. It will be better suited going over 14, 16. I think it's just a, a lock for the Belmont Guineas coming up in as we get into winter. Um, but look, special reward. I think we'll probably go out for a spell now on the on the punting form data, it wouldn't be out of place in a Group 1 winter bottom stakes later this year. I know it's a big call coming out of, obviously, handicaps and so forth, but it's been running... It's run four times this prep and run great figures in each of those. A couple of those that sat in the breeze, and then on the weekend it sat three wide, no cover, so that's arguably its most impressive performance to date. Well, especially on a, let's be honest, a deteriorating Ascot track at the moment as well, so it's not exactly the, the fresh ground that you're playing with. No, that's right. That's right. So uh, I guess for me, that that horse has got plenty of plenty of upside. Obviously, there was a few little issues with it last prep, but they seem to have ironed those out well and truly. And, and Simon Miller Stables absolutely hooning at the moment, coming towards the end of Ascot. So um, whether they can maintain the rage going back to Belmont, that's the the question there. Um, any other races on the car that we should talk about? Look, probably not for the most part. Um, that was probably the main race with with focus for me. Uh, there's a couple of horses that we I think we can follow going back to Belmont. One of those would be uh, Dia De La Raza and the other's undisclosed coming from that same special reward race. So we'll just keep those in the, the back pocket and wait till they draw ideal over a suitable trip back at Belmont. I have a question for you. Mm. What were the... What were the jockeys outside of Brody Kirby and Chloe as a party thinking in race one? Like, what were they? What were they sitting there waiting for over the twelve hundred meters? Um, I don't know. Uh, they went. They went pretty slow, though, didn't they, Drew? Sixteen lengths slower than class benchmark to the six hundred. Yep. Yep. Um, look, and visually, that's exact. What What happened in the end was Mia Dolce kicked. Specialism almost slid around the corner and they gapped the rest of the field by three or four lengths pretty easily. Um, yeah, lack of intent. It was one of those races where the speed map basically was already pre-written so nobody wanted to challenge those two. And then that was it. See, uh, this is just a point I like to make. I know it's a bit off topic, but were you watching Dooman at all? Did you see the Perkball Sector Dealmaker race up there? No, I didn't. Okay, so what's happened is they have run four lengths slow to the 600 in the in the race, and that is including with James McDonald making a mid-race move because they're going too slow over to the 2,000 metres on his horse to go from fifth in run to leading it up. So arguably they were going significantly slower. His horse hasn't been suited, and this is what a top-quality jockey does. He did not win the race. He's run third, beaten 3.8 lengths, and the second favourite Purple Factor's beaten him. But he's known that that tempo is not being ridden to suit his horse. So he's tried to do anything, everything in his power to put a bit more tempo on and to get a better position when it was just slackening. I think that's that's the difference between a top-quality jockey and just a mediocre one. Yep. Yep. I think that's that's fair enough indeed. It's a uh, it's a delicate balance. Obviously, you get slammed by punters if you try and take a risk and take off wide. But 
you have to trust that. I think determining tempo is probably one of the hardest things for jockeys. Um, yeah. Just being able to work out because often, I mean, even as a punter, it's pretty difficult sometimes being able to work out the speed of a race just watching them visually. So it's part of the great game. When you see the horse to your left pulling, you see the horse in front of you pulling, and you see the uh, horses behind you pulling, they're probably going too slow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but look, let, let's face it, that's why it's outstanding to have uh, sectional times in the run for some of the meetings over there in Sydney and Melbourne because, geez, it just gives you a leg up, especially if you're trying to chop out in play or uh, alter one of your bets in the middle of a run. I was going to say just that's why it's outstanding that Betfair gives us betting in play. Well, yeah, indeed. That's a different story, though. So what are you off to this week, mate? You're off to Ascot again on Wednesday and Saturday just to punish yourself. Uh, it is the final meetings of Ascot for the season. Uh, next Wednesday, it's Pinjarra, and then we'll follow that up on the Saturday at Belmont for the first time. Belmont, back season. to Belmont. Yep, Oof. so one week to go. Uh, depending on what the Pinjarra meeting's like, I might make a cameo appearance for Mountain Yard Mail subscribers. Looking forward to it if you can, mate. It'll be appreciated, and I'll be bedding up. Very good, very good. Um, anything else we want to touch on? Uh, obviously, just um, as we've touched on, Dicko is on maternity leave this week, um, so there will be nothing from him this Wednesday or this Saturday. Um, preview shows will be as normal. I will be hosting, and, yeah, we will also have a Saturday pregame pod as normal. Sounds good. Alrighty, I believe you're going to be taking up the chat now with Rob Scurry. Definitely. Thanks very much, Pete. No worries, Jersey. Go well. You too. And joining us up in Sydney is Rob Scurry, who did not venture out to Scone because it is, what, a three-hour trip, Robbie? Yeah, that's, that's one way. <laughs> it's about six six hours round trip. That's a big Saturday. Um, I guess half just, your life. Yeah, I know, I know, and they wouldn't have liked me anyway. I probably would have had to have dumped my food at the door. I hear, I heard today on the on the rant that um you weren't allowed to bring in food or drink into the into the course. And you just had to put up with the um expensive crap food that was available. How, how that is that? a bit rough. I'm not sure how they get away with it, but I know you know. What can you do? I suppose you got to adhere to the laws. Pretty stiff, though. What law? Yeah, what? Yeah, to their laws. I think it's probably against some kind of law. What if you've got a dietary issue? You know, sounds a bit like the uh, the poor bloke who's got kicked out of the soccer the other night. It just sounds like madness. Where's the common mm. sense? Well, that's. I think we've all run into a, a heavy. Um, uh, what what would I say? A bouncer or a security guard who thinks they're bigger than their own shoes. Who to get their job they needed to basically fill in a form. So you know, highly qualified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People with, a, with a, an ounce of authority love to love to um you know put it in other people's face. Um, what what stood out for you? Did you, did you were you betting at Scone? Uh, I had a few bets at Scone. Got on the board early with Wild Planet. No surprise, I found the import in the later race. Um, I could not back Viridine. Um, I think I chopped out on trekking, and then I don't think I played in. Um, we'll go through the races, but I think I maybe lost on more in one or two of the other races. So I, I did play in most most of the um, uh, races there because I thought the, the track was playing pretty fair. 
Yep, yep. We Indeed. saw that early. So let's yeah. just get straight into it because I think race one's a prime example of what happened on the day. So only one – two. sorry, um, one of the leaders for the day has gone faster than benchmark to the 600. So, sorry, one, one of the uh, winners. So in yep. one, two – Three, four of the uh, eight races on the card, the leaders have gone faster than the benchmark leading, but it's just been one of those days where just sitting a little bit off uh, off tempo or just getting an absolute crawl out in front is just suited. And guess what? Wild Planet, race one, gone 6.6 lengths slower than the class benchmark to the 600 and hasn't had to do a hell of a lot to get home and win. Military Zone stormed home from back. Uh, you got the likes of, you know, Bare Naked Lady who was on Spoo who didn't offer too much. Uh, it was really just one of those sit-sprint races and the betting, they, they kind of came for Wild Planet late. They were pretty firm on Military Zone and it was a one-two affair. Yeah, that's right. It, it looked that way um, on form. Uh, it didn't seem an overly strong race for for 300 grand race. Funny that it was the first race of the day. I can't understand why they'd do that, you know, when you've got average staying races. But this is meant to be one of the features. The most expensive race, I think, of the day, it's th- of 300 grand prize money, uh, according to punningform.com.au. Yes, it was. The guineas was more than, well, nearly more than double everything else apart from the dark jewel. Um Look, I, look, where do these three-year-olds go? Do they go up to Brisbane? Um, they're obviously a cut above sort of Saturday grade, um, but, you know, they're about to hit their four-year-old year, so I'm a bit sus on, on the Colts as a whole. Well, it's interesting. The Hawks stable, they, they very rarely have a uh, leader type, and Wild Planet probably just, I reckon it suits their training patterns. The horse can do it soft or hard out the front, and just no matter what happens, it's, it's always there in the finish. Yeah, um, well, I don't know much, what much else to say about that. It, it seemed a good in play race. Um, I, I found it, and it, it seemed well back. You know, I, I think the, um, you know, the the military zone um, was very very solid um, the day before, and then you know the last sort of ten minutes before the race, uh, they almost started equal favourites. So you could see that the betting thought that Wild Planet was going to run very well and or maybe they just thought the pattern was going to work out for it and that's what happened. Um, Always certainly on negative tactics in the first. Yeah. Um, I think we can certainly skip the second race. Um, Libertini um, that $1.50. I even had something on this. You know, I don't like to dive into $1.50. Um, I'm but, shocked to hear you had something on because you are the king of avoiding the shorties. Oh, uh, mate. Uh, look. I just I just looked at the field and thought it was nothing. You know, I actually um tipped this at its first start. Um, you know, head head, head wiggle, but I did. Uh, we had units on it when it ran second that day. Um, and I just thought it was, it's a as good as the type of two year old I've seen. Um, I remember it's it's Mama Loha was a Group One winner who was a really good type. Um, this is a, a serious serious two year old. I think you know it's been treated as such. That's it. They're putting it out. Um, it'll come back as a three year old and. I'm sure it'll make its presence felt if it can grow. You know, it's gonna it's gonna be a big, strong girl um, and, and tower over a lot of the other fillies. How far it can go, I don't know. You know, it's got a little bit of a lise about it in in the terms of it's it's got that extra, you know, stature. It's it's a, it's a big, 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 strong bugger with a lovely, well, sweet stride. It's absolutely gapped them by two lengths to regimental band at forty four dollars bet fair sp. May have had something on each way. Um, 
Right, you're never collecting, mate. You, as soon, uh, as, soon as that, it, yeah. It was, at the top of the straight, I knew it was all over. Um, I, I would be interested to see where Chris Lee's is actually going to send Regimental Band because it's the standout from the race outside of the the obvious favourite that's won. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, well, it'll probably come back to Sydney or we'll go one of those weak Brisbane, you know, group races. God, there's a lot of weak group races going around in in Brisbane and Adelaide at the moment. Um, should we move on? It's not much to say about the two-year-olds. Nothing there. Um, I do not have a lot to discuss about this um, BM78. The I'm calling it the Southern Lad Race because it's just got too far back, and you know, I would say had no no hope. And Barrier 15 can be a negative for some horses. Yep. Well. Um... I haven't, I haven't watched all the replays. I, I just watched up, 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 you know, on the day, um, so I can't help you. But you know, if, if if they jump well and then they pull them back from a wide gate, you're always cast. And that's why back to Libertini, it jumped as good as anything. I thought, you know, for that split second, I thought, oh god, he's not going to neck this, is he? Um, and when he didn't neck it, it was, you know, it was just just the easiest watch in the world. Um, trekking race, do you want to just discuss that? That's that's run some really good times. It seems a really honest bloody horse. Yeah, well, Trekking, I think, is probably uh, heading north to Doombin because it sounds like they can't get um, – I know I heard some plane uh, information or something that was saying that they were only going to go to um, Adelaide if they could fly all of them or something. Something weird. Oh, I'm not too sure about it. but So it sounds like Trekking may be heading up north to the Queensland uh, races. Maybe Stradbroke or something. You know, yeah, 50, he could be doable, but, but you know, he's, he's only a lightly framed horse trekking. And, and the thing about Godolphin is you've got to be, you know, they are flying, but I think they're better fresh. I think that's well, well, well found. Um, their horses seem to go first, second, third run in a prep. Brave Song has always been a bit one of mine, you know. Um, you know, he looked good against Kim and Tari as a spring three year old, and he seems to have, you know, been well looked after. I think there's a good big run by uh, Deploy, who's um, – you might better talk us through the sectional data, courtesy of punningform.com.au. Um, but, you know, he, he was he was looking – I thought he was just about going to win at the top of the straight. He's gone three lengths faster than class benchmark to the 600, so he's absolutely, you know, made it a true, you know, a true test. And mm. he's come home four lengths slower than uh, the class benchmark, the final 600. So he may have been just short of a run or two. I'm, I'm not too sure, but – it was, I thought it was a pretty game uh, uh, run, considering the horse also had a price blow on Betfair pre-race, unlike um, Trekking and Brave Song, who were both really well-backed. Yeah, well, well he, he's probably up to Brisbane as well. Um, do I want to see him? You know, 13, you know, 13.50, he could be an interesting one for the Stradbroke. Um, but, yeah, he's a, he's a very, very good horse on his day. You know, he's, he's proper, proper Sydney, you know, Group two, group one sprint. I think you know that's that's well established. But you know it's a bit it's a bit of a worry when you've got a lot, you know, beaten beaten not far um, here. I actually had something on Lanciato um, as well. Um, Will that horse ever win again? Probably not. I think. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think so. You know, you should be able to get past a lot, but um, yeah, it's obviously. Uh, doesn't want to race. I don't know what they, what, what they can do about it. But you know, once again, it missed the start. It was slowly away. I, I saw it ran a sub 11 second sectional here on punting form. Um, but you know, you go broke chasing horses that miss starts and run, you know, a quick section. Yeah, I'd love to see it have a bit of a change in, of environment or something. 
Uh, I'm sure Darren, we could get something out of it, but um, <laughs> he got something uh, out of everything. So I uh, know he could, he, he could bloody turn him around. Jeepers, he could turn him around. Blood um, out of a stone, as they say. Oh, uh, look, you know, I, I really do love Mark Newnham as a trainer. I think he really looks after his horses, and um, you know, he'd it, it, probably admit that you know, it's it's got to go somewhere. It needs something, or it needs to be retired. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but I think it's a gelding, so. In a race, a few uh, stops. Fair enough. Uh, race seven, gay bot import from the US, ten dollars out to forty two dollars. Betfair SP has jumped top tote at eighteen dollars for the sick individuals who may have taken top tote instead of Betfair what are you doing, SP. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not thinking Only is the answer. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's my own. My own fault thereof. Oh, but you probably marked it at ten bucks, didn't you? You're happy to be on at tens. I was very happy to be on at fourteens that I got. Um, I was also I, I took it and I took Organza. I thought they were just the two in the race that we were of interest. I didn't have much on. Um, yeah. Look, Savatiano was always going to be the the threat. They've gone. Look, I think Savatiano's had every chance here. I, I think they've they've only got you know gone a length and a half slower than class benchmark to the six hundred, so had every shot. Um, and yep. to be fair, the US horse Conta Pario Patio. Conta Patario. It was gone at the two hundred. It's been passed, and then it's just found again on the line. It's wanting further. That Waterhouse own Gresson pitching back to and what about Sam Clipperton, he used to result with with um, four and yeah, he's, he's just struggling big Definitely. Um, let's finish it off with race eight. Viridine has come home. 7.5 lengths faster than the class benchmark to the 600 after. Look, the, the leader's gone three and a half lengths faster than the class benchmark. So it's set a good tempo. Viridine sat off them with Victorum, who people are saying is moral beaten. Um, I thought Guard of Honor looked the winner at the top of the straight, and it's just not found anywhere near as much as the other two. Um, I don't know. I don't even know if it gets 1,100, but it, it did look like it was jogging even at, yeah. at the 300. But it, when it, when he pushed it, so maybe it's one of those kind of high cruising speed horses that you know that they just don't find uh, under pressure. They can just go at a certain speed and for you know so far maybe like a thousand meters. But yeah, very good run and back in class. You know, thousand meters somewhere like on a Kenzo or something early on with the, with the wind yeah. behind it, it'd be bloody hard to beat. Um, look, a lot of these horses I'm, pre- I'm pretty familiar with. Um, Viridine, you know, was one of my favourite three-year-olds as, as, as a spring three-year-old. Um, this is his first win. I think he won his first three races and he hasn't won since. So he's been a bit of a gunner horse for a while. But, you know, he's, he's been running around top class and he seems to have gone around at a fair price here. Um, you know, she knows Dothraki. They're, they're, they're a couple of mine. Um, Dracarys was, was really well-backed. Yeah, he's a, he's, he, I remember he looked like a world beater when he won at Warwick Farm in his debut. Uh, um, but look, there's this, you know, this is a mixture of a couple of good horses. And I look, there's a few good horses in this race, but you know, a lot of them are chewed up now and probably looking for a, for a break. Um, do I want to, you know, Victorum has got a big flashing line on it. Um, if they, 
Ben Looker. Do you really want to get involved in a flat horse with Ben Looker? Probably. He look, I don't, he, it'll it'll go to another one. Probably go to the Stradbroke and be competitive. Do you want to be on Victorum or Viridine no matter where they go to their group races, or do you think um, they're better to be found? Look, I'm just up there. I had a pretty good day in Brisbane just backing the Sydney horses. So, um, you know, there, there seems to be a bit of a class golf um, up there. Even the week before, or this, this, this plague stone um, is going to come up against the, the, the good three-year-old colt from Brisbane, um, Zoostal. And um, I'll probably be on Plague Stone. He was a, one of the best types. So um, that's the exciting race coming up. But, you know, the exciting races to me are in Japan, mate. That's what, that's what I'm Well, quick question before with. we go to Japan is, do you think the Brisbane people call you Sydney folk Mexicans, like you Sydney folk call us Mexicans down here in Melbourne? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, it's certainly it's pretty a bigger rivalry between Brisbane and New South Wales and Sydney and New South Wales, like, you know, you, you guys, you know, I'm one of you really. Um, you know, I moved to Sydney 20 odd years ago, but, um, yeah, the, the Sydney people just, you know, they see you guys as your, the poor little cousin. You know, <laughs> we, we actually like Melbourne where, you know, Melbourne is fucking razzled as a wankers, the Sydney types. And we kind of are, cause there's so much to, you know, such so, so, so a beautiful place, Sydney. Um, when you compare it to Melbourne. So speaking of beautiful places, great <laughs> racing and jurisdictions which are extremely hard to bet into, hard to see coverage of and even hear that there's actually Group 1 racing going on, Japan. Why are we not promoting more Japan, Japanese racing? Like, you, you, you see Val, he gets a massive run like in South Africa and all this stuff. I know it's probably on at the right time at night for people to punt into, but I would have thought a Sunday afternoon, bloody 3 to 8 o'clock is perfect, perfect timing. Totally, mate. I, I, I totally understand. And, they, and, you know, I do see Japanese racing on Sky too. You know, they've got Kiba on it, you know, on a Tuesday or a Wednesday you can bet on it. But um, maybe they're just, you know, scared of, you know, showing it how, how it should be. You know, like, did you see that that clip I sent? Did you watch it today with all the G-Up G up music before the race and all the, all the people in the crowd, you know, whacking their form guides? Like, how awesome does it look? It looks like a cult. Cold well, it's, it's all accepted there as well because you're you're called a bit of a wanker if you're the uh, you're the thigh slapper these days, which I you know I, I've maybe been videoed by Dicko doing once or twice. Yeah, I agree. Uh, look, but yeah, over there, just 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 the roar of the the crowd, and then then when they cross the line, the roar just stops and it's kind of a hush. I'm not a fan of the clapping when they come back to uh, cap back in because I'd be the bitter person who hasn't backed one who definitely doesn't want to clap. Oh, oh yeah. Well, that's the thing. They're, so, they're all so polite. If you're watching yeah. Damien Lane's Twitter Twitter feed and, you know, there's all these lovely Japanese people, you know, with these, you know, really polite messages and, you know, I hope you enjoy your time in Japan and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Uh, anyway, no, look, it, it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's the most exciting um, jurisdiction. It's got so much fanfare and the horse, the quality, some of the times they were running were ridiculous for that group one, which lane one, they ran, they ran um, 130.5 for a mile. Can you believe yeah, that? Yeah, 1,600 metres is just insane. But oh, surely they've got to have some welfare issues or something, Rob. Like, oh, my God. How can, you race, how can you race on a firm two track that goes that fast without welfare issues? <laughs> I don't. I don't know, mate. The horses seem to maybe maybe they're tougher, um, but they don't. You know, they don't seem to break down. Um, I was there and I didn't see see any in, 
any incidents. Um, yeah, I know. It, it, oh, poor old what would Nick, Nick Williams is never going to go. Um, but you know, it is a trap for young players. I remember they sent Maccabi Diva there, and uh, I had I had a mate who was was going over there a bit, and they um, got him to put a, a bet on with, with on on the Japanese tote because it was a better price, and you know, she failed. And you know, in hindsight, silly bet, hard track, couldn't run. They watered her, you know, in the Melbourne Flemington when she won her third Melbourne Cup, so she could run. Couldn't go on a firm two. Can't believe they even sent her. Cruelty. Um, <laughs> look, uh, the other the other the other horse. Um, you know, I've always had a bit of a time for this this Royal Tudor. It's, it's gone around. You know, twenties into fifteens. Um, yep. In in the last, beaten six lengths. It's 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 a bit like that. Um, but I think it's maybe got a race in it. It's just a really good type, getting a bit old. So so maybe back to a Saturday you could do something. Um, but yeah, look. Excited to get back to um, Rose Hill on the, on the weekend. I've got clear weather. Rose Hill, that's much much more palatable. Yeah, yeah. 186 good, nominations, mate. Whew. Big big card, but it'll. I'll be exciting. I'm excited just because you know the track will be will be good. Um, so I'll, I should have every chance and hopefully can you know steer the punters the right way with the units, um, which, which is always the no, tricky no part. No pressure, but, mate. You're uh, you you're going solo with Mr. Jack Dickens on maternity leave. I know, so. I know, I know. I'm I'm representing the brand, so um, I have to do it do it do it right and um, you know get get a good win because uh, we were flying uh, before. I got back from Japan, but um, yeah, I feel like I'm seeing well enough. Just, just, just getting the units in is 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 always going to be the hard part. Perfect. Well, enjoy the week, mate, and see you out there. Well, I won't see you out there directly, but I'll talk to you on Saturday. Yeah, mate. All right. Thanks, Drew.